0: Hello and welcome to the Side Hustle Success Podcast. I'm your host Stephen Haunt and I'm joined by my co-host Kevin Taylor. (laughs) This is a show for anyone who has a product or business idea and wants to go full time on it eventually, or maybe you already have. This is a show about product design, entrepreneurs, freelancers, contractors, free agents, digital nomads and anything in between. In this episode we're going to be taking a look at the importance of financial fitness when starting a business. So, how have you been keeping,
1: Kevin? Yeah, good. I mean, more of the more of the same stuff. Um just been I mean, we recently bought one of these um Apple HomePods. I don't know if you mentioned that you you had one of these speakers and yeah,
0: I've got one since, yeah, yeah, just know. over there in your. i position. was
1: going to say I don't say I'm not going to say. Don't say don't, don't say. The <laughs> no, it's not, it's no. not no. to. Um but yeah, it's been really good actually because we've got Apple Play, but without a speaker it kind of it's hard to make full use of Apple Play in a streaming service without and it's just oh, really Apple Music streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's it's really good quality. Uh, the sound is, you know, and we've got a little five-year-old boy, and he, he likes to ask us a million one questions, and it's great. He has cereal, like all these, like what's a, what's a million plus a billion plus ten and things like that, and you know, like it's great. It's, he, he loves it. So yeah, we've just been playing with that. Really, I mean, uh, what what's your thoughts on the?
0: Well, I mean, um, i pod? I've got a home pod and I had it at home initially. But the only thing I don't like about it is you can't control the bass. The amount of bass. Oh, okay, so you yeah. it put some yeah. music on at just like a reasonable listening level, and then like the room was pretty much shaking. Right? And yeah, it, kicks, I know what it mean. kicks out so much bass.
1: It does, yeah, yeah. Which was oh, annoying yeah.
0: my wife a bit because her office is just above where I was working.
1: Ah, uh, okay. So yeah. I uh,
0: so I it into the office and I use it here instead.
1: Ah, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, and no, it's it's a nice a nice device, isn't it? I don't normally I'm not into sort of hardware devices really, but that's one thing I do like. Is like you know the Apple the Apple stuff is is always has really
0: to, solid. You have to treat yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have some good kit. What colour did you
0: get? Did you get the white one or the black
1: uh, one? It's the black one. Black one, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, part of me wishes I'd gone for the black one because the dust kind of shows up on the white one. <laughs> on yeah, the white to, one, yeah. to keep it clean, but yeah. As... Yeah, so um, I've been just not really got anything too exciting that I've been doing. It's just business as usual. So I'm working on my next course. Okay, yeah. I'm just scripting it, uh, producing the slides for the first module. So that's kind of nearly done, ready to record. Um, but something I'm also doing is I'm trying to find a suitable film studio that I can do a lot of my filming in. Okay. Because before Christmas I was recording this executive briefing, but I've basically just rejected all of the recordings I've done, because if you get background noise. I, every now and again you might hear background noise in this office, like people upstairs or next door. Yeah. And I was getting a bit annoyed, and it's quite disruptive in the office having everything set up, so I'm just, also, so I'm just looking for somewhere that I can go and actually do the filming elsewhere. Oh, okay. So if I found somewhere. Or... Well, I found somewhere that's in Valpo, where I live. Okay. Funnily enough, it's a small little town. It happens okay. to be like a photographic film studio there.
1: Ah, oh, cool. So wasn't, wasn't where there was one in there. Where's that?
0: It's uh, a bit difficult to say where it is. It's near the co-op. To
1: the co-op. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. means absolutely nothing no, to, to the rest of people Belpa. listening. Yeah, to yeah this. go to go to Valpo and visit the co-op, and have been here there. Yeah,
0: but no, I've been in to see them, and they've got like, all the good lighting setups and all that. So I'm going in there in a few weeks and we're going to do some um, production samples like mess around with the lighting and record some sort of demos which I'm going to send off to Proosite oh, cool.
1: so you just, just rent like some studio time then on
0: the studio time yeah I need to take my own camera and teleprompter
1: okay yeah. they, they
0: they can film it for me but if they do that on their equipment then they say that they own the material and then they license it to you oh, but, no, but with yeah. the contract type of Site, that doesn't work at all
1: Yeah, so yeah, I said what
0: be. I can do is I bring my own camera in they'll, they'll help me they'll help me assign someone just to help me for the time that I'm in there. Okay. If I record it on my own equipment, then it's my recording. Hmm. So I've got the got the teleprompter all set up over there and the camera. Oh, wow. Well. So I'm going to take that in in a few weeks, record some samples, and hopefully go back in towards the end of the month and re-record yeah. the whole course.
1: Oh, God, yeah. So, it's a, so you've got to do a lot of recording, re-recording, all the stuff that you've already done then?
0: Or? I've, I basically scrapped all the stuff I did before. Really? Was, it's just was, too, was, the, sound just, it. the sound quality just isn't there. And it's too disruptive to the office. So I've got to have lights everywhere. Everything on the far side of the office that's got a brand name or any kind of writing on it has to be moved out of the way.
1: Ah, oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah.
0: they can't have any brand names or anything in view. So it's just disruptive and I can't be bothered.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's probably best to have a dedicated sort of uh, film studio that can...
0: But if the studio works out quite well and it's not that expensive, then I can actually do more of these courses more frequently. But I'll just go there and they'll have everything set up for me. Yeah, so, Yeah. It sounds, sounds like good results. So yeah, it should be good. Okay so we've got some uh, good questions from the audience this week. Uh, so the first one is um how do you deal with competitors? This is from Gareth. How do you deal with competitors? Do you talk to them or do you try to avoid them? Um yeah, it's tricky. I think you should drive them into the ground. No. Uh, no,
1: <laughs> no, it's, uh, no, it's tricky. Really. I think um I think you've got to concentrate on what you're doing and not worry too much about this is my view of it or my take on it is is sort of look to serve your customers rather than worry about what your competitors are doing. I think sometimes you can get too obsessed with, you know, what your competitor's doing, you get too competitive and, and worry too much. You know, I think you still have to be civil with your competitor. I don't think you should, like, try and be underhand and, and you know, and a bit specifically be nasty to competitors. You know, they're just trying to do what you're trying to do, you know. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Steve? Or...
0: Well, it's kind of a bit different what I do compared to what you do. I mean, yours is an actual sort of product that you put out into the marketplace, which you're selling, whereas mine's creating content on a platform. So I guess my competitors are the other authors, but we don't avoid each other. And I've made quite good friends with a lot of them. Yeah, I don't, don't yeah. really see them as competitors.
1: Yeah, I mean, you probably say even if you have a product, your product might be slightly have a slightly different take on what you're doing. You know, it might be slightly different to competitors anyway, so you might not be directly competing anyway. And some... So it's good if you've got competitors, it proves there's a, a market for what you're yeah. doing as well. You know, if there were no competitors, you might be a little bit concerned. I mean, that might be a good thing because it means you've got less competition, but it might be that, Means there just isn't the market for whatever you're doing. So, so are there an,
0: are there competitors for still being calculated? Oh the market?
1: Yeah, yeah, There's other other people that are doing similar to what we're doing. But <laughs> do uh, you
0: go and give them one star reviews every
1: day? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course not. No, uh, no I mean, uh, no, I mean, in some ways it's good because they're educating the market that there are other software solutions rather than using a traditional consultant or something like that. So it's not always a bad thing, you know. I think it's good that there's people out there doing what we're doing as well. I don't see that as being a bad thing, you know. We're all, we probably all serve slightly different niches as well, you know. They might have a, uh, you know, take on something that's slightly different to what we do. They might be aiming at a slightly different market to what we're aiming at, you know. So I don't think it's, it's a bad thing, you know. I, I think sometimes you, you've got to just concentrate on what your customers want and serving your customers and keeping them happy rather than thinking about, you know, how am I going to compete with a competitor? Like, yeah. so, sometimes thing where you can think, oh, I'll just build all the features that a competitor's got. And, you know, that's sometimes the wrong thing to do. You might be better off asking customers what they want and doing that rather than worrying about what competitors are doing.
0: And I guess having a competitor as well, or competitors, kind of helps drive innovation as well. Because if you're the only player in town, you could just yeah. build a product and then just not do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. Because if you've yeah. got competitors currently building new features, and that pushes you to build new features, so you, you kind of both keep each other going. Yeah, I think it's way.
1: I think it's healthy to have competitors. Um, I think sometimes it can be hard though, because I think sometimes if you if if you're in a really competitive field, and it's like kind of becomes like a race to the bottom, it's like who can do the cheapest price, and it can be dangerous sometimes. I think you know, I think you need to keep an eye. I think you need to be aware of competitors, but I don't think it should be what, what should drive you every day. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you know. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Really.
0: I mean, if you're really that worried about people stealing your ideas, and I guess then you've got patents and trademarks and all that sort of stuff. But you're, yeah. you're talking serious money to try and oh. do those and defend them.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes some people can get a bit carried away with it. Sometimes you're better off just just serving your customers and doing a good job, and then mm-hmm. let other people worry. You know, they can worry about what they're doing. You worry about their, your business. You know, and what you what you have to do. Yeah,
0: I mean, patenting an idea is pretty pointless unless you can afford to defend it in court. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. If you can't afford to defend it, then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a trickery. I know. I know that a lot of software companies now patent everything, don't they? And it gets messy, doesn't it? But
0: yeah. Okay, so next question from Ryan in is: uh, Is it essential to have a business partner when starting a company?
1: Um, I, I do have business partners, but I don't think it's essential. It depends what you're doing, doesn't it? If yeah. they have a particular skill set that you don't have, um, it, it may be your only option. Because um, I was going to do a software business, so I obviously needed. And I'm not a software developer, so I needed a developer to work with. So I have a business partner who's a developer, but if I could develop myself, I wouldn't I would have just done it on my own. You know? Yeah,
0: and I'd say, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a software developer looking to do a product, then software developers I don't want to cast too wide on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this version, but yeah. software developers generally are not very good at marketing and yeah, I mean, kind of the more people side of it.
1: Yeah, what you might need to do is, is look for people with complementary skill sets. So if you're a developer, you might look to partner with somebody who has. Specific industry, specific industry knowledge, and say marketing skills mm. in that field, and then you could partner with them. You know, um, but it just depends, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, I I think ideally, as, as a as a side hustle, I think you'd really want to be on your own, really, um, at least initially. But um, it depends what you want to do. Um, yeah, I, mean,
0: I could never really see myself getting a business partner because mine business is kind of it's a lifestyle business that's based around a personal brand.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So so I, I wouldn't ever see that I've needed a, a partner
1: yeah it might, might be also I tend to find that if you're um, if you want to do say a really big project it might be good to have two of you involved I suppose or if you do a really complicated project you know it wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing to have. and I think if you want to go and get investment I think generally they like to have teams don't they they don't like solo founders you know
0: yeah that's that's true actually I mean if you're trying to go down the sort of the, the Silicon Valley model of yeah that, I think you, they, Different type, different They'd probably want at least two
1: or three founders, wouldn't they? Well, not be, yeah,
0: it's not be they're investing in the founders, not necessarily the idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they probably want to see, you know, a, a great CTO, a, a great sort of person that does sales and marketing, then perhaps somebody else that can organize everything. You know, a great, a great manager. You know, so um, if you're going to go down that route, I think you need to have those. Sometimes, sometimes it's good to have a business partner. You know, somebody's got complementary skill sets or a different outlook. It's not always a terrible thing um but i think if you're doing a lifestyle business i think you're probably better off on your own really yeah but i mean obviously i've got a business partner because not, not through choice you know i think it's more because i just lack those skills in order to be able to do what i need to do so that you've got to go buy yourself several programming books yeah I could or, learn, watch, I,
0: or watch some courses on i could
1: like, yeah <laughs> i could learn but the thing is i think it just it's to take, take me so, <laughs> it's like an opportunity cost isn't it i think it takes so long to learn and also by the time i did all that i probably wouldn't be as good as my business partner anyway you know it, it's it's. Uh, I think you've got to really with, with programming I think you have to really be into it don't you to sort of get stuck in it's it's a trick one really it's a trick one but um, no it's not essential to have a business partner
0: yeah and tell you, i tell I'll probably never get one anyway no no don't blame you <laughs> okay so for today's topic then I thought it'd be quite fun to look at financial fitness because a few weeks ago well weeks episodes months maybe okay yeah, yeah. Uh, we looked at you know ways of staying healthy sort of physically and mentally Mm. starting a business because that can kind of take quite a toll on you but I thought it'd be quite interesting just to look at some different tips and techniques around financial fitness that you could do either before you start the business and also when you started the business
1: yeah yeah I know it's always important I think you've got to think about these
0: things so a lot of these things we you know both me and Kevin haven't necessarily done all of these things yeah we had a good discussion about it before we recorded but I thought let's just work through the list and sort of See what I thought, are.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So is. the
0: first thing then is kind of before going solo, this is when you're, you know, you're probably still working for someone else. You know that you want to do a business and you probably thought to yourself, you know, in a year's time, I'm going to pull the plug, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go full time. Yeah. So what's a good idea for things for you to do before that happens? So the first one I've got here, which is probably kind of an obvious one, but we'll say it anyway, which is create an emergency fund. So maybe tucking away two to three months worth of living money that you keep in a separate account.
1: Yeah, I think it's good to have that discipline to think about obviously being able to save way a bit of money uh, in case anything goes wrong. But also, you know, to start with your business, there's going to be some kind of risks involved. So it's nice to have a, a pot of money. And I think if you're the sort of person that can do that, I think you, if you're that sort of disciplined, you know, to think ahead, that's that bodes well for running a business as well. Mm. I think to be in that kind of mindset, doesn't it?
0: If you're the sort of person where if you've if you've got money in your account and you're like you just spend it because it's there, it's probably a good idea to get one of these separate online accounts and then lock away the you, card. Yeah, <laughs> lock away the card. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think you have to have some kind of discipline, don't you? I think if you're the sort of person that can never save any money, um, you know, you, I know it's it's easy for us to say, isn't it? Perhaps we're privileged, but I think you've got to, you know, if you can not save some money away, you know, that's that's a a, a good start.
0: Hmm. It's just yeah, because businesses sometimes can be slow. To get up and running, so the, yeah. last, the last thing you want is the stress of you know am I going to be able to pay the rent or the mortgage this month? Yeah, can I can I feed the kids? Yeah, no, you, you just want to remove that stress away. From, well, that's certainly how I'd look it at it anyway. I think
1: you want to de-risk anything, you don't want to you know potentially put
0: you know uh, your family or your, your your house or whatever at risk. You know. Yeah. But um, the next one here, I mean, we had quite a good chat about. It's started recording, so. I mean, generally, when you're trying to start a business up, and I think we talked about this in the last episode when we was going through some of the books that we discussed, okay, about yeah. the idea of you wanting to earn enough from the business that you can buy back your time from your employer.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but you might not necessarily buy back all of that time. You might you know, might make enough in your business to maybe cover half of your time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in that
0: case, you, know, you might want to think about... Instead of going fully in on your business, you might take a part-time job yeah, that's, do, or do actually, a little bit of contracting.
1: Yeah, that's what I did. I, I did a, um, some contract work um, on-premise at a at a company and I used to do three days a week uh, when I initially started out. And that gave me just a little bit of spare time to work on my own business on the side. So I used to do like three or four days on my own business and then three days working for this company and I was able to build up... Some funds. For, so after six months of working part time, I did go full time on my own things. But it, it definitely helped. I think it softened the blow a little bit. So it, there might be opportunities, Is rather than going full time on your side project, is to is to perhaps um, work part time somewhere. I've See if there's opportunities. You might actually be opportunities where you currently work to say, can I go on reduced hours or you know these negotiate. Point, it, you know, yeah. Try yeah. that. Or perhaps you could look to get a contract position, temporary temporary position or, or perhaps even look for a, a part-time job if the if there are those available.
0: I mean, it was actually my original intention to do um, contracting as well as doing what I'm doing now. Okay, I, I okay. was going to split between the two, but I just never got around to actually doing
1: contracting. <laughs> you, got, you got lucky, you got lucky, didn't need to, yeah. It's good, I mean, that's quite often the, an option, isn't it? So if you need to go and do contract work, you could do that if you wanted to, you know, um, if you needed the money or whatever, you know. I remember
0: the uh, the last startup I was working at, sort of the last proper job I had before I quit, um, I mean, I, I've been in touch with the, the guys running it for years before I eventually went to work with them. And yeah. I know the CTO at one point, he was doing a contract because he, he turned up at the place that I was working at the time.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is
0: quite bizarre. He kind of tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around. I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> but what, what he was actually doing was he was doing, I think he was doing three days a week contracting at that uh, company. Okay, yeah. And then just to bring some money in while he was trying to get the other company started. Mm, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a good thing to do. Maybe consider part-time.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, I, think, I don't know if you... Obviously, I have a, at the time when I started, I had a partner that worked, and my wife, she, she worked, so that was that covered some of the costs of the house as, as well.
0: Actually, yeah, I mean, if you are, if you have got a partner, or married, or, or whatever you're saying. Yeah, if you've got if else if you, if you got bringing that income in. into
1: your family, or, or whatever, that, that, that can help as well. Absolutely.
0: So another thing, then, is about either paying off or trying to significantly reduce any debts that you've got.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So especially... yeah, the care, you know, isn't it? I mean, certainly when I was younger, I was a fairly typical person in my 20s. You know, I had, I had credit card debt and student loan debt and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I actually made quite a conscious effort to try and reduce those. Okay. And the way yeah. I did it is, initially I consolidated all my debts together by taking out another loan to pay off those loans. Yeah. But I, but the loan I took actually went on to a much lower interest rate. Yeah. Spread out yeah. over think, longer so that I could...
1: I think you need to yeah, think off. about... Things. I mean, I've, I've always been quite lucky because I left school at 16. I got like an apprenticeship for a large um, British corporation so I was lucky really like technical apprenticeship so I've never really had the student debt that a lot of people had Um, so I've been quite fortunate in that respect but yeah I think I think you need to sort of look at how you can reduce all your outgoings and and debts obviously part of that equation I think most people are like a lot of people like paycheck to paycheck and I think you've got to try and get out of that mentality I know it's very hard to do that isn't it so any way that you can reduce your debts um, I think it's almost a it's a mindset, isn't it, of thinking about how you can go about doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got to the point now where I just absolutely hate debt completely.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. It's, it's to be avoided. Um, but sometimes there are there are sometimes when debt. Sometimes if you've got like a business that's growing, sometimes you can take on debt and then know that you know if the business is growing, you're going to pay that back. But it's still a risk, though, isn't it? So best to be avoided.
0: Hold that thought, because I've got a bit about debt later. Yeah, uh, yeah, a bit yeah. Of a we'll good, mention... good debt versus bad debt. Later. Yeah, we'll mention that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the next one then is uh, creating a runway. Now this probably sounds a little bit similar to an emergency fund, but the emergency fund is kind of money that's already yours. So it might be you know in your personal bank account.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Whereas by creating a runway, I mean you know if you're running a business, um, maybe part time or as, as a side hustle. You maybe want to create a good two to three months worth of actual operating money in the business. Yeah,
1: that's what what you refer to as your runway, isn't it? Is is how much you know? I mean, I know I started out. I sort of when I first started out, like six months, what I called runway, uh, which was like say, for example, I didn't earn a penny, I'd be okay for six months. Yeah. Uh, Sort of costs, you know, I roughly knew what my monthly outgoings were, and I could work out that I had. So I think that's, that's important. I think it's good to build up that kind of security, isn't it? Uh, when well, absolutely. Say,
0: it, it reduces the stress as well. Because if you're trying to be innovative and create a, a product, the one thing that's going to kill that creativity more is worrying about
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, another, it's another sort of cognitive load, isn't it? You don't want really.
0: But I mean, if you are you know, working a full-time job, and you're earning some money from your side hustle as well. You know, try and squirrel that money away, save it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, too. I mean, it might, might be good actually if you, um, say, for example, you have a full-time job and you're doing it as a side hustle, and then you could the money you make from your side hustle, you could that could become your runway, then, in effect, yeah. if, you, if you can be successful with your
0: side project. Well, that's how I did it. So when I was working full-time, I was just saving up the money that I was earning from Pro. So site.
1: yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good idea. So that's that's one thing where you could look at it is look at a side project, generate a bit of extra cash to generate the money to. To enable you to go full time on your
0: side mm. project. So another thing that's probably worth considering as well um, is going more minimal. i.e. selling off just crap that you don't need. Yeah, yeah, so, and, and then saving the cash away. Because yeah, we we, we, yeah. we always have stuff that we just you know collect over the years that we don't actually really need.
1: Yeah, it's just in the way, isn't it? Um, I always remember the book with Duncan Ballantyne, who's an entrepreneur, and he I remember him saying that he sold his television. And uh, this is this was back probably back in the eighties or whatever. So it was like so he sold his television, obviously it, it removed distractions, he had more time to spend on his business, obviously got a bit of cash for selling television and he just spent all his time working on his business. So perhaps it's, it's- probably good to have that kind of mindset I know it's a bit harsh isn't it I think it's a bit extreme yeah I mean if, you're, if
0: you're just by yourself I think it's probably easier I think if I extreme, <laughs> if I went home and sold the TV in the lounge I think my, you think my wife and trouble. two kids would yeah. kill me <laughs> I think yeah I think I mean, that's a bit
1: extreme but it's kind of it's kind of that mindset though isn't it perhaps you don't need so much stuff you know
0: um, yeah I mean when, just, when I was younger I, mean, I wasn't running a business then but I mean when we was looking to get married it was a lot younger. We didn't have that much money, so we were trying to save up the money to get married and have the wedding reception.
1: Okay, I ended yeah. up.
0: Cause I used to have a massive CD collection, a ridiculously <laughs> large CD and DVD collection. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And in the end, I just thought, you know what? Most of these DVDs, I'm never going to watch again. I don't need them. Yeah. So I yeah. sold. I sold vast majority of it on Amazon Marketplace. Okay. And yeah. I made back enough on that to actually pay for the um, reception, wedding reception. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So a big chunk of change then. Yeah, I'm guessing
0: so similar mentality you can maybe sell off a load of stuff that you don't really need because you could then put it into your business or yeah. have it as part of your emergency fund
1: yeah and no, I'm sure if you, if you can do that yeah anything that you could uh, that you could sell to, to raise some money
0: <laughs> I can just imagine people writing in that saying I will never sell my comic collection okay
1: well no <laughs> if, if it's something that's meaningful to you know keep it by all yeah. means it's just it's perhaps if it's something that you don't use you know and then it's it's just wasteful then, isn't it I suppose yeah
0: absolutely so another technique then, or tip, is treating your personal finances like business finances. So yeah. you know, when you are on a business, you always, have this, you always have this level of scrutiny over what you're doing. So <laughs> yeah. you've got invoices coming in, you've got things going out. You know, have I got more going out? Have I got coming in? Yeah, you, well I, I do anyway. I, I yeah. keep quite a tight control over what's what's happening. I, I,
1: yeah, yeah. I know. Perhaps you don't have the same discipline in your personal finances as you do in your business finances. I know what you're saying you should you, you should have some kind of like that professionalism in your personal treat, treat,
0: treat it like a business I mean my wife uh, I mean I, I I must admit I'm when it comes to the personal financing side I'm not that strict on it. whereas yeah. my wife my wife's got spreadsheets and graphs and charts yeah,
1: I'm, I'm not mega organised but obviously enough to to be proficient but yeah it is a tricky one yeah
0: but it's that as you mentioned before it's like that trying to get out of the mentality of living paycheck to paycheck
1: yeah I think I think you've got to sort of break out to the next level of wealth isn't it where you're not living from paycheck to pay if you can Sometimes it's a good way to have a side. Sometimes money solves all problems. If you have money coming in, that solves a lot of these problems, doesn't it, about not having enough money. If you've got a side project that can generate a bit of extra cash, that might help you build up your runway. It might solve a lot of the cash problems that you have, you know, um, of living paycheck to paycheck and and bad debt. If you can get extra money and you can probably clear your debt, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So you've got to... It's not just saving money, it's making money as well that's important as well. I think
0: there's a bit of a stigma around sort of people who run businesses because I think people just assume... I mean, I've, I've heard people say this, which is why I'm bringing it up. Is people kind of assume that people want to start businesses are just basically greedy and just want to get stinking filthy rich. Now, I'm sure some people there are people like that. Yeah, I'm know? sure
1: some people like that. Yeah. But
0: it's just, just what you said just made me think of this. It's so, like you know, sometimes it's, it's about earning enough to remove some of, like, a lot of the necessary problems or unnecessary problems of yeah. money, so that you're comfortable.
1: Yeah, and then yeah. that buys
0: you freedom and you, and you don't need a ridiculous amount of money to do that
1: no no not at all no you just no. need
0: enough money coming in to cover your expenses and enough money in buffer to
1: yeah I think for that's fair what most people want in life I don't think people well, I don't know perhaps some people do want to be filthy rich but I think most people just want to be comfortable don't they and have some kind of level of freedom and comfort
0: there was a, a study I read and for life of me I cannot remember where it is I'm going to have to try and dig it out Yeah, but it was talking about how much money You'd need to earn in a job. I think this this is this is aimed around software development. Okay,
1: that's yeah. kind of what my
0: background is. But it's like, you know, what is the number that a person would need to earn where money is no longer the thing that they're striving for?
1: I've got a feeling it's not like eighty thousand dollars or something like that. It's about answer? it's
0: about forty five thousand so pounds. Was it? That's, yeah, that's, that's probably around that ballpark. I think I
1: think they reach a point where once you earn any extra money, it doesn't really gain you that much extra freedom. Yeah, or it's or kind of interesting
0: because it was saying about you know because when you you know, you're first starting out and you might be on a lower salary. You know, the thing that you really want is that pay rise, the
1: pay yeah, rise, the pay yeah, rise, the yeah.
0: bonus. But when you hit a certain point, it's like, well, you know, I'm not going to turn down a pay rise, but it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not the thing that's driving me. The things that may be driving me are, you know, does the company offer a good training package and does it offer other benefits? Yeah, t- it tends
1: to find, I tend to find that most people aren't driven by money. Actually, I think there's, somebody told me there was a study about where they'd Actually, earning more money is a disincentive. Have you heard that? Somebody was telling me this. I don't. Know, there must be a study out there somewhere about this, you know. And it's more other things that people want, you know, fulfilment, and they want to do something mm. worthwhile and, and and those kind of things rather it's, than. It's necessarily. That. Me that I can't remember
0: what that study was. I, I mean, obviously, right it's to it's up to I've a certain it.
1: point, obviously, you need. To, um, once you get to a certain level, you know, I think if you're on the breadline, I think obviously to be off the breadline would be a massive deal. But once you reach that point of being comfortable, yeah. you know, any I've, extra money isn't really going to gain you. Any I think it can be happiness. dangerous if
0: you're. Very well paid or overpaid for the role that you're doing that can be kind of dangerous as well because that, that lulls you into a full sense of security. I've seen some developers who may be, say, a senior developer level, and a typical yeah. salary for that might be, say, 40 to 45 thousand on average. Okay, yeah, but some people in that position doing that role for some companies might end up being on 65 70 thousand.
1: Okay, yeah, so
0: they're massively overpaid as a full time employee for that kind of bracket oh, across the, job, the country.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, so if they lose that job they're not going to go back onto that salary necessarily. They're going to go back to the, the standard banding. Yeah, the
1: lower salary, yeah. Yeah, that can be dangerous, I suppose, can't it? Um,
0: so what was it you're saying about the uh, end of jobs being loaded into that full sense of security? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. turkeys voting yeah. for Christmas.
1: Yeah, it can be tricky.
0: I think you do have to be careful, don't you, or, or perhaps be aware of what's happening in the world. Yeah. But we've digressed. What the yeah. thing we are talking about is, you know, treat your personal finances like business finances. You know, keep an eye on your outgoings. you know, how much money are you spending at Starbucks? Yeah.
1: yeah if, if if you
0: look at if you look at your bank statements and it looks like you're spending, you know, hundred pounds a month on coffee. Yeah.
1: I try not to laugh because so it's probably
0: me. Yeah, that's me, yeah. Oh, I'm not too keen on Starbucks. No, me neither. Give me a cost of coffee any day. Cost of yeah. coffee any day. Yeah, I mean too. So. <laughs> okay, so the last one I got here on the bit, you know, before you go solo. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Is
0: uh, is study, study, study. So when you're forming a business, no matter what country you're in, you really need to study about the finances of how a business works. So every country has different laws around tax. Yeah. And how much you have to pay and what, what you can deduct and what you can't deduct. So you really need to kind of learn that. Cause
1: yeah, I think you need to be aware, don't you, of what your I think you, you know, what your tax liabilities are going to be. Um, You know, how, how much tax you like to pay. Because the problem is that what a lot of people do this is where they start a business and then they get to the end of the financial year and they don't have the Tax to cover the tax bill. Hmm. Um, I know there's different rules in different countries and when you pay tax, etc. So you kind of have to be aware of what's happening. You know, um, I mean, there are like sort of professionals that will help you with that. You know, like
0: accountants, etc. Yeah, think. accountants is very good for that. Yeah,
1: it would help you with that kind of stuff.
0: And generally, when you sign up with an accountant, they'll give you lots of advice anyway.
1: Yeah, it might be worth talking, I think, talking to other people, the small business owners or people that are doing what you're doing as well. They'll probably give you some useful tips as well. So, Actually, net-
0: networking with small business owners is a very good thing to do. It's like what we were saying about the co-working space where we both met. There's lots of people there running small businesses yeah, that yeah. you can just go and chat to.
1: Also, the good thing is if you, if you are doing it as a side hustle, um, as a side project and you're working full time, you can kind of learn as you go a little bit, you know, Yeah. which might be a little bit more relaxed, you know, you, so you can do that
0: as well um, and find out, what, you know, what the rules are. The bit that scared me the most was just the whole idea of creating a limited company because it, yeah. it felt very grandiose. It's like this is, this is legal entity. Company director. It, it just sounded very, very scary.
1: It is a little bit. Cause you know, like once you're a company director, you can uh, like sign for passports and things like, can't you? And... Can you? Yeah, yeah. Your company director and things like that—it gives you certain powers, or not powers, but you know, <laughs> powers, secret powers.
0: No, I mean, it a gives you. A,
1: it means you know you're sort of like a an esteemed local business person, aren't you? Really? So, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I kind of set my mind at rest because I did a lot of research and a lot of studying about what it actually means to be a company director. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, do lots of study and learn about tax laws and tax implications in your country because it's different wherever you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I won't worry too much about it, but
0: yeah, obviously, you've got to be aware of these things. Um, you know. The one which really threw me is, because I earn money from the US, there's this set of forms you have to fill in. and Because I'm a I'm a legal company. Yeah. There's this form, it's called the W8BEN-E form you have to okay. fill in. Okay. And I, I'm pretty sure that anyone outside the US who's listening to this has had to fill out one of those forms. He's not shuddering.
1: Yeah, they are. Okay.
0: It comes with a book that tells you how to fill it in. Oh, God, it's, yeah. Oh.
1: It's something else, is it?
0: Yeah. I'm giving myself the heebie-jeebies. mm Okay, so you've made the decision to go solo. You're now running your own business. You've quit your job or whatever. Yeah. You know, kind of what are some good techniques and tips that you should use? And I think the first one you should really do is uh, use a bookkeeping package.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I've mentioned it. I think I've put a little note here. I mean, I, when I first started out, I was a bit lazy, really. So I just hired a, a bookkeeper to do all my bookkeeping. But I think that's just because I didn't have the patience to sit and use a, a package. But that was back in the day. I think now they're better packages now than like zero and that
0: weren't available. I have having right, these images so. of like Ebenezer Scrooge sitting there like,
1: with a massive book and a quill. <laughs> a quill, yeah, bookkeeper, yeah. I've got somebody called Maureen and she comes to help out my books. But... Um it's probably. Not, I think you probably are better doing it yourself if you can. You know,
0: bookkeeping is not that hard. I mean, I use there's a package called Zero X E R O, which I use. But there's there's, there's more than that. There's um, the Fresh Books, I think is another one. I think Quicken Loan is... Yeah, I think there's Loans, so much. The, the technology is, Books, is so
1: much it? better now, isn't it? You know, linking to bank accounts and what you can do with receipts. What is this
0: the thing I like about it? So you link it to your bank account or bank accounts. Yeah. You know, whenever a transaction happens in the account, you know, an entry appears in the bookkeeping package. With mean, mm. Zero, for example, you can set up rules.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you could
0: say, like, you know, if um, you have um, train tickets from the train station, well, you autom- automatically file that under national travel.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. If you're buying airport tickets from EasyJet or wherever, auto- it will automatically tag that under international travel. Yeah. It sounds... Things like that. So I, I probably spend five minutes a day, literally looking at zero and just making sure everything's tagged right, and then that is it. Then at the end of the year. I go into the zero and I just say generate management reports.
1: Okay, and it, yeah. And it
0: generates, you know, um, profit and loss statements, balance sheets. Yeah, checks. I think
1: I think the technology. I mean, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't use a bookkeeper now if I was starting today. I think the technology is so much better now than it was when I started like eleven years ago. Um, I mean,
0: I, you don't. It's not a full time bookkeeper, is it? You
1: have. Oh no, no, they just come in so many days a year. You know, it's so okay. not. It's not that. It's not that bad, really. It might be
0: an option for some people if you really just don't like
1: bookkeeping or, or being organised.
0: The other thing that's good with it as well is, um, I presume the other packages that you do is, but Zero certainly does, is you can assign people access to the um, bookkeeping. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my accountant has read-only access into Xero. So if I'm asking him any questions, he can just log in and kind of see what's going on.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Which yeah. is really handy.
0: Yeah, that's 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 good, yeah. But then on top of that, so I think you, know, you should do the bookkeeping yourself, but use a package like Zero. But the other bit of advice is really you should get an accountant.
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, you,
0: you can use these like online accounting companies. Personally, I use a uh, an old fashioned
1: bricks and mortar, bricks yeah. and mortar. Because yeah, I, like I,
0: yeah. I kind of treat them a bit like a partner in a way. Not a partner, but you know, I've, I've built up a relationship with my accountant over the last so many you know years. Yeah. So that I can go in and just talk to him whenever, and he gives me loads of advice. And even though it costs me an amount of money each year, I, I consider his services to be free.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, because he yeah, saves they, they me cover way more cost.
0: each year than what I pay him. Yeah, which is what you have an accountant for.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not so convinced by my accountant. To be honest, but I, I think, um, yeah, a good accountant should should cover their costs, shouldn't they? Really, yeah. or they, you know, in terms of being efficient with your with your taxes,
0: etc. Um, plus, he fills out all the scary tax forms and submits oh, them for me as well, yeah. Just is I don't want to do.
1: Yeah, it's, I think I find it quite stressful actually. It's just, it, I think it. it the the system always sounds overly complicated, doesn't it? And I, I find it all quite scary, you know. So it's good to have somebody on your, you know, helping you out along that process. So yeah. I think it's yeah, it's a good idea to get an accountant
0: from the start. I mean, I now have my accountant. He runs payroll for me as well. I'm yeah, I do, empl- yeah. I'm, I'm the only employee, but he, you know, I get a, a pay slip each month. Yeah,
1: I do. Yeah, I do that as well. So yeah, I don't have to do pay, pay myself.
0: He he sorts out all the national insurance calculations for me, which is yeah. If you're UK based, you'll be familiar with national yeah, insurance. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. So yeah, always get an accountant because generally they're going to save you more than uh, yeah, than you're paying cost, for them. Yeah. Another technique, and I'm very big on this, is provisioning tax. And what I mean by that is, say you know you clear an invoice for okay, ten thousand pounds. Okay. Yeah. If I if I get an invoice into my bank or an invoice that's paid into my bank account, I immediately get a percentage of that, and I move it into another account.
1: Yeah, we we don't we, we what we do is we set aside a percentage. So we know that we've always got enough to cover the tax bill.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I just physically move it out of the way. So when when it comes to the end of the year, I know that I've got an account that's going to have a pot of money in there and it always covers my tax bill and I've got a bit left over as well. What
1: we do is we work out a percentage and we just take out the dividend
0: Mm.
1: and then we leave in the tax money. But we always leave in a little bit spare, if you know what I mean. There's always a little bit extra in
0: so, um, so you're doing kind of a similar, yeah, thing. So, a, similar so, sort of a slightly a different different
1: mechanism. way, yeah, but yeah, similar sort of process, I guess.
0: But the, the last, the last thing you want is to think you're doing really, really well. Then you get to the end of the year and you get your tax bill <laughs> so. and, you, and you think. Oh, crap. I yeah. I've got to cover it.
1: know. I, I, I've always just, just got away with it. But yeah, I've, I, I know in the past when I started, out pop's been a bit lapsed with it and then just managed to just wing it and get enough just to pay the tax bill. Because yeah. I'll
0: I, I tell, I tell you one thing, no matter what country, whether you're in the UK, the US or you wherever, tax man you don't mess paid. with a tax man. No. He, gets, he gets paid first. <laughs> oh, I know,
1: yeah. yeah. The thing that annoys me a little bit with taxes, I don't know if you like this is, like everything, you know, it'd be nice if they sent you a thank you or something <laughs> Been a bit harsh, here Do you know what I mean? Like I think you la la I think it should be nice, shouldn't it? You know, it would be nice. Be you know, or yeah. well, something. It'd be nice, some acknowledgement or something. You
0: they're, know, they're too cold and hard. I know. Yeah. Apologies if there's any tax professionals listening. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm sure they're all lovely. <laughs> no, not they're evil. Okay, uh, another good sort of uh, habit to get into is making sure you shop around for different vendors and suppliers. So. No matter what your business is, you know, you might actually be f- making physical goods or even if you're like a software company, yeah, I you're always going to have vendors that you buy from and suppliers that supply things to you. So. Yeah,
1: it's even like there might be SaaS tools that you use, so you might think about what different, if you go on a lower price tier that still does everything you need or can you get, some, a lot of them have free tiers, can you go on free mm-hmm. tiers for certain products and I think it's always a matter of looking how you can reduce costs. So, you know, look at all the, all your outgoings, and is
0: there things that you could cut or, or reduce? You know, I think all these things do add up, you know. Yeah, that's partly why yeah. I change bank accounts, because my existing bank, I just, there's quite a lot of charges. And yeah, things. yeah,
1: these, all these things do add up. It's, I know it's only, sometimes it's not huge amounts, you know, and, and sometimes your time might be better off spent on, on marketing rather than looking to, you know, save a few, few pennies, you know. But sometimes these things, they do add up, so I think it's, it's important to sort of try and reduce costs where
0: you can. Um, yeah, even if you regularly buy, I don't know, staples or paper for your printer. Yeah. <laughs> just just things like that, just shopping around. Old school, yeah. But you say that, i bought staples recently. A I have a stapler. Yeah, I've got a stapler. I looked at
1: some, I'm sure that, I've got like a box of, uh, of staples and I'm sure they're like 20 years old or something like that, you know. like got I'm never going to use, use them all, but yeah. And it's, it's important though, isn't it, to try and think about all these little little things that do add up. You'd be shocked, you know, you know, if you're just paying for a SaaS product, but if you're paying that like, over ten years, it's, it mounts up, doesn't it? If it's something you can reduce, or can you go to a lower tier, or can you just not Even have that product like, um, altogether? I mean, insurance
0: you know? policies as well. I mean, every year when you come up to renew your business insurance, shop yeah. around and see if you can get a cheaper deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Every every, every expense you should do because um, if you
0: stay with the same company, they're never gonna, you know, they're not gonna tell you, oh, we're gonna give you a discount. They're gonna put the prices up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, or, or, I mean, I, I'm an insurance broker, and um, we're getting new quotes at the moment, but. but you know, I'm going to go out to several different companies, get the broker to try different companies, see what's the the best in terms of the product we get, and also you know the best the best fees. You know, so it's always important to do that. I think. Yeah,
0: I did that recently because that's had to change insurance policies over from when I moved into the office.
1: Okay, yeah. Which
0: was quite an interesting phone phone call because they uh, they run the address of the property that we're in at Quornford Mill. Okay. And apparently, it's it's come out of a massive flood. Risk indicator? No flood risk. No, which is hilarious. They went, oh, it's quite- I think you're safe here. You quite a few stories up on yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the second floor. Fair, yeah. but they said, is there, any, you know, has there ever been any flooding or a danger of water getting into your office? I said, well, I'm on the second floor. I said, if his office floods, then half of Derbyshire's is going to be under water.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's the Armageddon or something. Yeah. But they,
0: they, they had to refer it to the underwriters in the end, Oh god,
1: is- yeah, they can be a bit of a pain. I mean, we we recently asked to increase. Um, our cover for how much we'd like you know so instead sort of like 1 million to like 5 million or whatever cover or whatever and then we had to say um, we had to tell the insurance why we wanted to increase it was a you know was, were we aware of a perceived risk of something going wrong or something that we didn't yeah. previously know about and it was a bit of a pain really isn't it insurance comes come a bit of a pain can't they
0: yeah do that make it easy
1: no no it can be a big cost I think it's definitely actually insurance is one of the ones you should definitely shop around for
0: so another thing that's good for saving money and keep an eye on on the paintings as well is considering what kind of contractors or freelancers you use and this is something that i do quite a bit so you know I'm, I'm good at software development i'm good at writing and doing courses and all that one thing i'm rubbish at is graphic design <laughs> okay yeah so book covers logos anything like that i've not got an artistic bone in my body when yeah
1: an so eye for design don't you it's so, so skirt, I, I, I
0: freelance that out and I know I'm probably going to have people say this is bad, but I mean, if I look at how much it costs me to get someone in the UK to do that work, it's going to be quite expensive.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Whereas if I go to an Eastern European country like Poland or Estonia,
1: yeah, you can get much better value. Get
0: that, you get very good value. Their work is just as good as anyone else's. Yeah. And I've always found, you know, they're very grateful for the work. They're very keen to do more work for you. Yeah, and you, I think, you can kind of strike I up a relationship you, and get a good deal. I think, yeah,
1: I think sometimes you, you get in a mindset. Oh, think are you ripping them off because you're not paying them what you'd pay? But in their country, that might be a uh, you know a particularly good wage. Hmm. You know, so you know they may be doing quite well out of it. You know, so it's sometimes you got to be a bit careful. I mean, how you think about these. So things.
0: The, so the the girl that does the um, design for my book covers. Yeah, um, for me. I mean, she's um, Eastern European, and she she did the first one for I me, and I was really happy with what she did.
1: Okay. So we agreed
0: a special price. I said, "Well, for all of these books in these series, I will, I will only use you to do the covers." Okay, yeah, yeah. So we negotiated a price, and you know, she does all my all uh, oh, my all my uh, covers.
1: Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. I think so. I'm, get, does... I'm
0: getting a good deal. She's getting frequent work.
1: Yeah, I think also it's. I mean, I, I have um, a guy in, in Greece that works for us, and he's not not necessarily the cheapest, but sometimes it's about getting better quality as well. You're sort of widening your network of thinking, yeah. you know. The best person in the world might not be in your local area, it might be in another country. So you've got to think it's not just the cost, it can be the quality of the freelancer you get as well. So it's important to think about that as well. I think sometimes you can, sometimes I've heard people where they've had bad experiences where they've gone for the lowest price freelancer and not always got the best experience so you do have to be careful don't you i think there's
0: a website i used um how i met this girl who does my book covers for me is a website called 99designs.com
1: okay yeah i've heard of that yeah
0: it's really really good so you go on it and you basically set up a competition so you say i want to cover for a book for example okay yeah this is kind of what i want here's some examples of books that i like here's some examples of books that i don't like
1: okay and then you
0: might have like a two-week window and people will do a load of initial sort of designs and you vote for them Okay. I, like, I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. don't like these ones. Okay. They go through to a next round where they kind of refine the designs a little bit. yeah yeah and then from there you pick a winner
1: yeah no, which, which is
0: really good because it gives you options. Yeah no,
1: it's, it's good. I think yeah I think you have to think about you know if you, if you can if you need to hire a freelance or somebody who's got a skill set that you don't have is to perhaps widen your network um, and then uh, there are all these sort of online marketplaces that you can do that on.
0: Yeah, I've used Fiverr.com before
1: yeah what's the one you said
0: you
1: used I use people per hour, people per hour. but that's because I, the reason why I use them is because I've used them a lot in the past so I've got like quite quite good um, what do they call it like ratings for me as a as a provider of work so um, that's why I use that but I mean I'm sure there's other ones Is like is it uh, what's it Odesk is it what's the one that
0: uh, ODesk What's is the big? It, is it player? Upwork, Upwork? Oh, it's Upwork now, Upwork, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: not Odesk anymore. Yeah, so Up, Upwork is the, the big the big one that people use, and I've got friends that use it, and it's quite good because you can have little dashboards and you can, it tells you when they're working. Like they're, it seems a bit Big Brotherish, doesn't it? You know, where you can look on a dashboard and you can actually look at their screen as they're working. You know, as you're paying them, it's a bit you know, really? it's a bit yeah, yeah. I find it a bit That's spooky. A... I do.
0: Is that legal? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, With GDPR. I, I personally
1: wouldn't do that because yeah. it kind of feels a bit intrusive, and I kind of like to think I could trust the person that was working for me to work.
0: Yeah, that feels.
1: So actually. That feels strange. Yeah, I know, but it depends. You so perhaps people have had bad experience. I have people that use people from Upwork and had bad experiences, and they tend to like to just cover themselves. You know, to know that they are being if they're paying somebody, they are doing mm. what they're supposed to be doing.
0: I mean, as, as a good example, so this very podcast, for example, so the. Um, the logo for the podcast was done okay. by someone that I hired off of fiverr.com. Okay, yeah, um, I think it was Indian. Oh, Indian. oh cool, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he did, I think he did three initial designs.
1: Do you remember oh, at, the yeah, ones we looked at? Yeah, there was yeah, there's a few options, wasn't there? And we sort of picked, this, we as picked best, this one the best. Of the and
0: the person options. who did the theme tune, the intro and the outro music. Okay, um, yeah. was a chap based in Northern Ireland.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good example, isn't it, of, of when you can hire people cost effectively to do bits of work for you.
0: It wasn't particularly expensive. I think the logo cost about fifty pounds. And yeah, the intro music was eighty or ninety pounds.
1: Yeah, it's not not expensive. I know I've, the people I've had from people I've had like uh, somebody built us an iPhone app for like three hundred pounds. It's crazy cheap. Really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy cheap. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, we had like videographers and stuff to do videos and another sort of experts. People do technical stuff. I had like a WordPress site that needed technical bits of work doing to, it and hiring developers for that. And yeah, it's been it's been a good experience actually. Uh, generally,
0: with freelancers.
1: So, I guess what
0: we to sum that up then: consider freelancers to do the work that you can't do, but shop around.
1: Yeah, shop around you, you and try and get, and get the the best price and the best quality work.
0: Okay, so another thing here, um, this kind of reminded me of what you were telling me before. So, surrounding yourself with experts, you know, not necessarily trying to make a lot of decisions by yourself, especially like financial judgment decisions as well.
1: Yeah, it's sometimes good to have something you know that can cover your back a little, you know, that's that's on your side. there's you know, if there's something that you can ask, you know, if you've got like a mentor or uh, mastermind group or, or Jedi counselors, you prefer to call it. Uh, that's the new the yeah. I've
0: done a bit of research on it because I know because you're part of a mastermind yeah, i part group, of them, and you? I find
1: it really useful. It's but, been, but, but
0: apparently the uh, mastermind group isn't 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 the in term anymore. It, it's no, Jedi, okay. Council. Jedi That's Jedi Council. What the kids are calling it these days.
1: Yeah, we've to <laughs> rename our mastermind to Jedi. I've never really been happy with the term. It's it's not. It's just an absence of. Any other better name? We use it, and it's kind of commonly understood by everybody.
0: Who would be Yoda in your group? <laughs> I don't know. I
1: don't know. <laughs> Not me. I don't think. I don't know. Um, perhaps Dan. I think. um But no. But no. It's uh, it, it's good to have people. Also, sometimes if you can get. Sometimes I, mean, I had a guy who's like a mentor as well. That was quite quite a good experience. Okay. You know, or or can be. It depends who you get. You know, somebody's got experience. You can ask questions to, or, or perhaps like. I mean, sometimes you, you're always kind of networking a bit. If you go to like network events, try and network with people, try and find people who have done what you want to do, and then you can ask questions. Mm-hmm. they will have lots of it. of. So there'll be people out there that'll be willing to help. There's always like, you know, if somebody came to me and said I need help with something, I'd always try and help them out. Um, you know, you just do, don't you? You know, it's just a nice thing to do, isn't it? So I think it's good to surround yourself with people that, that know what they're doing.
0: Well, it's good for getting recommendations for goods and services as well. Yeah. So if you have yeah. people around you that have used a particular supplier and they've had a good time with them then...
1: Oh, it's good, yeah. Good for resources, you know, for perhaps sort of like the right American kind a of book or a resource or, or they might recommend somebody else, another person that has the experience and might be able to network with, you know. Mm. So, no, it's always good to, to have those kind of experts around you. I think just generally, I think that's maybe crucial to a business, I think, you know, yeah. for your success. You sort of You sort of you sort of spread if somebody's been successful they can help you out and then once you're successful you can help other people out you know that's how it all flows isn't it it's a virtuous cycle really
0: absolutely so the last one I've got here then is um, as a business owner is understanding the difference between good debt versus bad debt
1: yeah so by that so
0: what do I mean by that so bad debt is debt that accrues on a depreciating asset (laughs) was the official term I found yeah if you buy a car and you take a loan out and that loans it 10%. 10%.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That cars to kind of appreciate in value generally.
1: Yeah, yeah, unless, it's, unless it's like a classic.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's like a classic, car, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's always
1: exceptions. Yeah,
0: yeah. Whereas a good debt is more like an investment. So you might borrow money to make an investment, but you know that investment's going to grow over time.
1: Yeah, it's a trick on <laughs> the debt can be a trick on. sometimes I don't think it's always bad debt, isn't it? you know. Um so for example, if you you've got a growing business and you know it's growing and you you know the rate at which the business is growing is going to be far greater than any kind of interest mm. payments that you're paying on a debt. Sometimes it'd be good to take on debt. It, it depends, really, doesn't it? I think you to say there is bad debt and good debt. Um, you know, you've got to be careful about what you're doing there. You don't want to end up you know, risking a load of debt on something that turns out to potentially be quite risky, you know.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I've known people before that have tried to fund businesses off of their credit card.
1: I, I think that's crazy. So they, you know, they, they might have taken I
0: mean. on one or two people, but to try and hit their payroll.
1: Uh, they've yeah. just taken on loads of personal you do, debt you do hear all these stories don't you about people that have done that and got away with it but I wonder if there's other people there that went, went to do that and didn't get away with it you know
0: that, that would just I, would, I wouldn't sleep I would just no, would not sleep I, at all
1: I, I was I, in that situation I personally find that quite stressful I'm, I'm very risk averse to be honest that's just my personal philosophy but I know some people do they, they get away with it um, I think sometimes if you've got a growing business I think sometimes you can take on debt if you can if you can sort of demonstrate to yourself that you know that business is going to say double in size or say it's going to grow by 100% taking on a small amount of debt might be a might be quite a sensible decision mm-hmm. it just depends doesn't it I think you have to you have to be very careful about looking at weighing up the risks and looking at you know just because you think a business might grow doesn't mean it's going to grow you know if you've got good reason to believe there's a reason why that business is going to grow you know and you've demonstrated yeah. that and you know that you know what's going to happen there's certain events that are going to happen that's definitely going to happen and
0: because you know. one thing I certainly wouldn't do is I wouldn't, you know, run the business as a part-time, you know, side hustle. Quit my job, start the business, and then take on debt to buy equipment or something I need to run the business. Yeah. I'd maybe stay in my job a bit longer, get some of that money coming in, and then try and buy the things that I need for the business outright beforehand.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's and very.
0: Then, and then quit my job.
1: I think you've got to be very careful, haven't you, as to what you do and. Um, it's, it's sometimes tricky. Some businesses you need to take on, if it's a massive project and, and, and it's not going to earn you money straight away, that's when it gets tricky. That's when it becomes something bigger, doesn't it? And you might need to look at taking on either, not necessarily debt, but taking on in, in investment in terms of like, uh, you know, like, um, not necessarily VC, like perhaps angel investment or something like that, yeah. you know. Or, but then that's, that's just a different game, isn't it? That's probably outside of our kind of lifestyle. Businesses that we're, that means to, I assume that's what you're aiming for, isn't it? More of a lifestyle business than a, yeah, absolutely. Than a big than a big. I mean, some people, I mean, they,
0: you say about angel investment, some people like, you know, borrow huge amounts of money off of like family and friends to bootstrap a business, which is, which is a valid way of doing it. You're yeah. saying that's never kind of sat well with me.
1: No, I, would, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable that personally either. Um, it's, you know, well, it, it can be done. I mean, if it depends what the business is. If I wouldn't like to think that you're doing something quite risky and then you're risking all your families. You know, money—it's—it's it's kind of—it's you know, a tricky one, isn't it? Really, I would—that would be—that would, be, would be outside of my comfort zone. I think I'd be—I'd be. That's why I'd be tempted more just to do a smaller business than a big business. But that's just my personal opinion. I think everybody's got their own different take on what they want to achieve in life and what yeah. their goals and aspirations are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's
0: not something I'd ever do.
1: Okay, so cool. what's, uh, what's your um, recommendations for this
0: episode? So. I've already discussed it once but I think it's so good I'm going to say it again so yeah. uh, the zero accounting system so okay. zero as in X-E-R-O
1: I know it's confusing isn't it rather yeah. than well, Z when they,
0: when they call it zero over Z I have no idea yeah yeah but I've been using this for about three years now and it's fantastic yeah I, I, I used to dread bookkeeping accounting and all that sort of stuff but with this now I've got it all set up and hooked into my bank account
1: yeah I think we we might have a look at it's just so easy Zero because I do have a bookkeeper at the moment and I think just. Gradually, I hope she's not listening. She We're coming to, we come up to retirement in the, in the not too, not too distant future? So at some point we have to look at alternatives. so I think yeah, we we'll look at something like that.
0: So it's worth looking at. I mean, you can. They've got like a demo thing you can sign up for with a demo yeah. company in there as well that you can play around with. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm going to recommend. So I don't normally recommend hardware. Normally it's books or podcasts or something like that. Um, but I'm going to recommend uh, the Apple HomePod. pod uh, okay. Which I think is I think I mentioned it earlier in the episode, and I think it's a. A great piece of hardware, um, you know, because we do the Apple Music, the streaming. What do you call it? Apple? What's it called? Apple Music. Yeah. Apple, me- Apple Music, obviously. Uh, and no, so it makes full use of that. And it is really nice. And it's, it's a nice piece of kit. It's nice to have, finally have some decent kit in the house. So, yeah. Yeah, check that out.
0: But Then you've got Siri to talk to. I mean, Siri, so when you're working
1: yeah. by yourself, you can ask the lonely. question, yeah. You, you can talk, talk to, to Siri. a friend. Um, probably not good to buy if you're trying to start out, actually, because it's probably a bit of expense you should put into the business. But perhaps once your business has grown <laughs> to a certain point, then you can buy an Apple HomePod. Well, everyone wants good, good tunes to listen to. Oh, they? yeah. You need, need music to listen to while you're working, yeah.
0: Cool. So that's, uh, that's another episode done. And... We'll be back in a few weeks with an interview this time.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got um, Phil from Theatre Digs, so that should be really good. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, so we'll see you next time.
1: Okay, see you guys. Bye. Bye.